When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Adam Kirk. Adam, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Henry. It's great to be here. For those of you who have been listening to The How of Business for some time, Adam Kirk should sound familiar. He's been on the show several times. And on this special episode, we're going to chat about kind of a a year in review of online marketing and trends and and kind of what Adam sees coming into 2020. This is what he does. He and and his business, Ustas, they help their clients with their online marketing. So we're going to chat about that, just kind of a year in review and helping us with planning for next year as it relates to online marketing for our small business. If you want to receive more information about the How of Business, including links to the show notes page for this episode, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So again, it's my pleasure to welcome back Adam Kirk. He's been on the show before. He's the founder of Ustas and one of our business service partners. So Ustas provides custom websites, search engine optimization services, and social media management. And they are who I refer my clients to when they need those types of services. He's helped me with several of my websites. And again, he's, he's our recommended business partner for anything having to do with websites, social media, and SEO. He has been several times on our show, episode 210. We chatted about SSL certificates. That's the security certificates that every website needs to have. So if that's still something you haven't addressed for your website, I recommend you go back and listen to episode 210. Episode 216, we talked about search engine, search engine or SEO optimization. <laughs> I scrambled that off, didn't it? SEO or, which is stands for search engine optimization. We talked about the basics of that. So if you have never even heard of that acronym and getting found online is important to your small business, I recommend you go back and listen to episode 216. Episode 218, we talked about social media basics. Episode 249, we talked about Facebook ads. And then we did a joint webinar as well, which you can go back and watch for free and on demand the recording. And that was about checking the health of your website. So we've done, there's a bunch of free content out there that Adam has been gracious to help me with creating. So take advantage of that. But all that said, Adam, welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's really good to be back. Absolutely. Yeah, this will be a good conversation and it'll it'll help us kind of summarize some of the things. What I want to do is talk about some of the things that have worked well, maybe not so well. Where are things trending? What can we look forward to or should we be planning for in 2020 as it relates to marketing our business online? So let's start with that. Let me ask you with, I know you've got a few things you, you want to cover. As we talk about trends in 2019, for online marketing, what were some of those key things that you saw that 
either emerged or really have taken hold and are critical to being successful online? Yeah, great question. Um, number one, I think, is text marketing. Um, again, that's not a new term. It's been out for a few years, but it's something that's definitely taken off in 2019 and going to keep taking off in 2020 and beyond. Text marketing is basically using SMS messages uh, for marketing to your business. I'm sure we've all seen it. Text whatever your keyword is to whatever. Henry, you, you use this in your yeah, podcast, I just, Yeah, I just mentioned it. Yep, yep. I just mentioned yep. it. Exactly. Yeah, it's been very successful for me. Yeah, a lot of businesses that we know are, are using that or jumping on the bandwagon there. That is one of the big things that we see as a, uh, again, I said it's not new, but it's, it's still considered emerging as a great way to market your business. Um, one of the interesting stats on that is 98% of uh, 18 to 29 year olds uh, own a mobile device that's capable of receiving SMS messages. So basically everybody out there. Um, and this is very interesting. Consumers are more likely to open text messages before any other form of mobile communication. I think that's the big takeaway, right? Because when I was thinking about this, I implemented text messaging related to my podcast. It's been a year now. And then we've been using it at our, we had been using it at our yogurt shop to get people to sign up for our fan club. Mm -hmm. But but really, when I stopped to think about this, I mean, do you get a text message that you don't look at, at least to scan at? I mean, you, oh yeah, I don't think there's a single text we get that we don't look at, right? Yep, totally, totally. So that, that really sunk in with me. It's like, yep, absolutely. Now, related to that, the key thing I have found is if you do use it, don't abuse it. Yes, that's very true. And it can easily be abused. Uh, the the other interesting thing from a marketing perspective, they always say in marketing, make it easy. Texting is easy. Texting is even easier than mar than email marketing, things like that. For as far as your uh, consumers being able to easily respond and take action, texting is super easy. Absolutely, and again, so a couple of applications with the podcast because I know that most of my listeners, those of you listening, are listening while you're exercising in the car, going for a walk. And I know I'm guilty of this because that's how I consume podcasts. If I hear something I'm interested in, I, I almost always forget when I get back to the office to go to that website or do whatever it is that I need to do to get more information. But with the text, it's so simple, right? Yep. But also in the case of at my yogurt shop, people are sitting there. We flash it up on the, the screens that we have around the restaurant. And it's a very easy, simple thing. They text that keyword to that number. And, they're, and we send them a confirmation back and now they've joined our list. Now, the way that we use it there, by the way, is that it then replies and says, okay, now give us your email address and we add them to our email database that way as well. Yeah. All right, so text marketing, that's, that's a big one, I think. What else? Well, actually on that, I just wanted to give yes. a few action points Sure. Um, to make it easy. A few things that we've used or seen customers use that make it very easy. You can check out Slick text.com, easytexting.com, or simpletexting.com. Those are a few of the, the big ones out there. They've all got packages, able to meet different business needs and things like that. Those are just a few of our recommendations on that as far as text marketing. Great, great advice there. Thanks for sharing those. All right, what else are you, have you seen this past year? Okay, so again, this is not a new one, social media management. Um, everybody knows that nine times out of 10, a small business should be prevalent on social media. Uh, marketing 101 is go where your target audience is and put yourself in front of them. Um, whether or not your 
specific target audience as a business is going to be on on social media, the business owner or the managers or whoever the people you need to be communicating with as far as marketing your business, they're going to be on social media. Um, so it's gotten a lot easier over the last few years. Again, uh, Facebook especially. I know, Henry, you've got a lot of experience with Facebook. Facebook makes it very easy to track your progress and make sure that you're getting a good return on your investment. Uh, so I wanted to, that's again, that's a little bit outside of the box. This is not emerging. This is not brand new. Everybody's heard of this before, but it is still fundamental in online marketing for most small businesses. Yeah, no, I agree. It hasn't gone anywhere. And a couple of comments there. Facebook, in my experience for what I'm doing across my businesses, continues to be my platform of choice from a uh, click paid per click advertisement. Yep. It still is the most effective. The other thing that's interesting that's happening a little bit, while Instagram is still very hot with the younger uh, demographic, I'm seeing that, and I evidence this because you know I have a daughter who's 21, and even she now has come back to Facebook. I'm not going to say it's her dominant platform. That's still Instagram, but Facebook is strong, man. It's strong. Yeah. Um, Instagram is very strong as well. Do you consider LinkedIn as social media? I mean, for B2B, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, LinkedIn definitely. has been really, I've seen that continue to be very strong for me again, because I have a business to business offering for some of what I do. A, a quick comment on LinkedIn. Um, I, I listened to a bunch of podcasts, Henry, obviously yours is my favorite by far. Um, but one of the ones that I was listening to a few months ago, they were talking about LinkedIn and the person who was being interviewed was a LinkedIn specialist. And they made this comment that LinkedIn was in the process of basically revamping a lot of how they do things, uh, coming out more with business pages, things like that, where it's going to be similar, uh, from a business point of view, similar to the way that a Facebook page works. Now, We've got our marketing team. We have our, our LinkedIn professionals. That's, I'm personally not super great on LinkedIn, personally. That's why I have a team who is. Um, I haven't seen those things rolled out yet. I mean, I've heard it kind of in the wind. So supposedly there's changes coming. I don't know exactly when or what they're going to be, but just putting that out there, change in the wind for LinkedIn, the way they handle their pages for businesses. Interesting. Interesting. So I'll have to stay abreast of that. Uh, yes. One last thing on social media is again, as we're kind of reviewing and thinking forward, one of the things to look for is, is, is your messaging consistent across all of those different platforms, your website, your Facebook page, your LinkedIn page, making sure that from a business perspective, that those things are saying the same thing, that there's consistency. I think that's one of the key takeaways for me from this past year. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and again, an action point on this one, um, Henry, you said I could mention this. We have a few things on our, on our Usta's website. Uh, we, we basically provided a lot of free resources, free checklists. So we've got a free checklist for all of the prominent uh, social media platforms, free to download. Uh, if you're a do-it-yourselfer and you want to say, hey, I, I need help getting set up for my Facebook page, for my Instagram account, whatever, I don't want to spend anything, go there, download it. Uh, two to three pages worth of a checklist to help you guys get started by yourself. Um, yeah, so that's, you can just go to ustas.com, I think, and it'll put it in the show notes page or whatever. Lots of free resources there to help you get started on social media. Absolutely. And it's ustas is O-O-S-T-A-S.com. But yeah, we'll have a link to it on the show notes page as well. Um, what about email marketing? Yeah, good one. Uh, so this is actually a very interesting topic. Um, in our in our business in Ustas, we have actually had 
a small issue with email over the last few months of quite a few things ending up in spam. So I had a conversation actually just, I think it was last week or the week before with our IT consultant. And he, he was very insightful and in letting me know that it's actually a bigger issue than it appears to be. Um, there's a lot of businesses doing a lot of spam out there or email marketing and people are tired of it. Yeah. So people have gone to the point of they're complaining a lot to their email providers, to Gmail, to whoever hosts your, your business email. Mm -hmm. And so the business email providers are putting up more blocks in place to try and block all that spam. And businesses in return are retaliating and saying, hey, but no, this is valuable content we're trying to get across to our clients through email. So there's this battle from both sides of saying, hey, I want this stuff blocked. And the businesses are saying, no, but it's valuable. We want it in there. So spam has become a bigger issue. If you notice that your business uh, emails are not getting into people's inboxes, it's a RIT consultant highly recommended using email providers like MailChimp constant contact for when you for sending your emails especially if you do any kind of bulk email sending newsletters things like that and is that in part because the the mail servers they trust uh have give a higher trust to that source of an email because they know that those services have in place unsubscribe mechanisms yes for example with mailchimp mailchimp is very stringent on there and they make you have unsubscribe buttons. They make you check off like, yes, I have mm -hmm. um, received permission, approved yeah. permission from all these. MailChimp's done a great job. That's what they do. And so, for example, Gmail or whatever is going to trust an email coming from MailChimp servers as, a, as opposed to somebody else's personal server or something like that. Mm -hmm. I have a, a love-hate relationship with email uh, of these types of marketing emails. I use them, you know, so I send out an email on a regular basis to my listeners who have subscribed and that's one of the ways that I'm counting on sharing information and specials and all that kind of thing. Um, I receive them for people that I subscribe to, but, but I, you get all of the spam and then you get bombarded with it. And so, you know, I get mixed, I have mixed feelings about it, but I also continue to hear the same thing, Adam, that email, when someone gives you the permission to send them an email, it is still one of the best ways to stay in contact with that person. Let me ask you any, any thoughts on, because I hear every range possible on frequency. What's an ideal frequency to send like my newsletter or updates or whatever? Any thoughts on that and what you're seeing out there that works best? Yeah, that, that's, I don't know if there's a flat answer for that one. Although if there would be a flat answer, it would be this. It depends on the value of the content you're providing. Um, that value is the key word that we've taken away from 2019. Everybody is looking for value. Google is looking for you as a business to provide value. Your customers are looking for you to provide value. So if you can provide legitimate value to your email audience every single day, then every day works. If, if it takes you once a month to provide solid value to your clients, then only send it once a month. Perfectly said. I agree with that completely. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, all right, good. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about search engine optimization, SEO. Yeah. And again, if, if you don't know what that is at all, or you've heard about it and you depend on being found online, I encourage you to learn more about it. I encourage you to go back again and listen to episode 216 where Adam and I did the basics of SEO because it is critical to at least understand at a high level how it works. And then depending on where you're at, 
hiring somebody like Ustas to make it happen for you. But you have to know at least what this is all about. So, but let's talk about that. You know, one of the things I always look for is, is there anything coming that's changing in the Google algorithm, which we know is always evolving? What have you seen this past year that affects SEO? Good, good question. One of the things that has been evolving, again, it's been evolving slowly over the last few years. It really took off a lot in 2019, the beginning of 2019, and it's only going to be growing, is voice search. Uh, with the production of things like Alexa and mm. uh, the Apple one, just uh, Siri. Siri, right, which yeah. has been around and, for a while. But those, those devices that we can have at home now to talk to and say, go find me this information. Yes, exactly. By 2020, 50% of all online searches will be voice searches. Interesting. So that's, that's huge. And the, way, the reason that that plays into search engine optimization is because people are not typing in their computer uh, local restaurant. That's not as much of a keyword anymore. The keywords are find me a local restaurant near me or what is a local restaurant near me or things like that that are actually more phrases as opposed to keywords. Um, and that's why that's playing into search engine optimization. So how does that, or does it change the way that we have traditionally been creating keywords? How does it impact it? Yeah. So big picture on that one, about 10 years ago, keywords were you typed, say, say you weren't run a, a coffee shop. You could just add the word cop coffee to your mm -hmm. website, 10 different places. You could put it in the keyword section of your website provider and you were good. That's all it took to get some results. Then it branched out into key phrases, which is coffee shop or espresso machine or free latte or something like that, a more phrase. So it's been evolving into that. Now it's getting into actually longer phrases using voice search technology, things like that without getting too technical in it, it, it is something that if you, do, if you do have search engine optimization on your website, it would be a great thing to check with your SEO provider and see what their take is on this and see what technology they're using uh, to, get, to make sure that you're compatible isn't the right word, but compatible with search, with, with voice search. Yeah, okay, all right, great. That, that's a good one, I hadn't thought about that one. All right, what else are you seeing with SEO? Um, Again, this is not new, but website security. Uh, this has been something that Google has been hammering the last few years. Uh, in 2018, they started marking uh, way more visibly websites that do not have an SSL certificate. You know, up at the top URL has a little lock symbol. If yours does not have that on almost every single browser, your label does not secure. Uh, that was a big change that they made in 2018. So what's happening right now, mostly to those sites? What's, what's Google doing with those sites as far as what you can tell? Yeah. So if you use uh, the Chrome browser, for example, mm -hmm. which is Google's one, if you go to a not secure website, right up at the URL, there's a big thing that says not secure. Very visible as you're typing in the address. Uh, I think it's mid 80% of people who see that they bail they don't proceed on your website. So that's, right. I mean, to any business owner who has a website that's not secure, that should be, you're losing 85% of your web traffic basically. Yeah, because I mean, your stats, I think you're, you're just saying it 85%, but all the stats I run, Chrome is the dominant browser. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay, um, so so on SSL, as you to interrupt, again, if you don't know what that is, but, but like Adam described, that's that lock symbol at the top tells you whether you have one or not. So pretty easy to determine if you do or don't. You gotta get educated on this. 
And either if you're technically savvy or you hire, go to your, to whoever provides that service for you or hire Ustas or go back and listen to episode 210 where we talked in more detail about this, but I'm sorry, you were going to say something more on this. No, it's, it's basically that the easiest way is to go back to whoever does your website mm -hmm. and just ask them to provide an SSL certificate. It's become right. such a big deal that most companies have an easy way to do it. That's right. Um, if you have through GoDaddy or whatever it is, I mean, depends on which level you want. You can start at 60 to 80, hundred bucks a year for an SSL certificate. So it is a little bit of an expense, uh, but way worth it to keep that 85% of your website traffic that you're most likely losing. Absolutely. All right, good. So those are two things from this past year. There's no, as this point, there's nothing on the horizon that we have heard of as far as major changes to the Google algorithm. Is that correct? Not that I'm aware of. Um, tying back into the SSL certificate issue, they have been saying for months that they're going to make it even more visible. Like right now you go up on the top left mm, corner by that. It just says not secure down mm. the road. Who knows when they're going to have another screen that pops up way more visible. that says in bright red letters, this is a not secure website. Do you want to proceed? Things like that. But who knows when that's coming yeah. out. Yeah. This is Henry Lopez taking a quick break from this episode to introduce you to our new sponsor and a must have new product sidetrack is an ultra portable USB monitor that attaches to the back of your laptop for a more productive workday, whether you're at home, at the office, in a coffee shop, or on the go. At home, I have a big widescreen monitor, and I'm so used to how productive I am with it that I am nowhere near as productive when I am traveling or working from another location. But now, with my Sidetrack, I can take my widescreen with me. Sidetrack is a portable monitor that just attaches to the back of your laptop. Sidetrack can also mirror your screen and rotate 180 degrees for convenient collaboration, presentations, demos, and more. I use it when I meet with my clients at a coffee shop, for example, so that they can see my presentation, but I can still be on my laptop. The Sidetrack dual screen workstation is super easy to set up and take down. You simply attach the Sidetrack to your laptop connect the monitor with one cord, and you're ready to start. Sidetrack is offering a 10% discount for our listeners. To learn more, just visit sidetrack.com forward slash discount forward slash how of business. That's S-I-D-E-T-R-A-K.com forward slash discount forward slash how of business. And remember to use the promo code how of business, all one word, how of business to get your discount. You can also just text the word biz, B-I-Z to 31996 and I will send you the link and the discount code. All right, but speaking of SEO a little bit more, what, what else has been working and, and not working? I know you've got a couple other things or yeah. thoughts there. Okay, so another thing, I don't know exactly when this started again it's it's a google trend for question and answers um i don't know exactly when this came out but it's been something that's definitely taken gotten some traction in 2019 uh oftentimes you'll see if you go to google and you ask a question there's they they provide a few uh results and then there's what's called a snippet underneath that of like hey here's a website that provided bullet points on the the questions for that for example i just did something I don't remember what it was. I searched something today and there came up with a snippet of here's bullet points, one, two, three, and four to answer your question. Mm -hmm. That's called a snippet. 
that is something that Google is really wanting to keep going. Again, it all ties back to value. Absolutely. If you as a business and your website are providing value, valuable content to your readers, Google's going to notice that and they're going to provide you in higher search results. Now, if I'm providing, if I'm providing answers on something that, you know, a million other people are providing answers, highly unlikely I'm going to get featured in a snippet, but if I, but not, but it's worth it for me from an SEO overall perspective. But if it's, if it's something where not that many people have provided it out there, then I could get featured in a snippet. Is that fair? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And the easiest way to do this is yes, provide valuable content on your website. But if you, every business should have a Google My Business account. If you don't, we've got free checklists to help you get it set up. Um, go to your Google My Business account and in there, there's actually a, a section that's called, I'm not looking at it right now, I think it's called question and answer or, okay. or something similar to that. Uh, you can go in, ask a few people to ask your business a question on Google. For example, I could say, Henry, could you go to Google, search Ustas, and on the right-hand side, it's going to have, hey, we answered a few questions, and it's going to have an option to ask this business a question. So I could say, Henry, do me a favor and go and ask on that section, ask this business a question, ask a question about websites for my business. And I'll answer it, but it's also providing... Uh, it's also a good thing for Google to see that, hey, somebody's asking a question, this business responded with valuable content, things like that. Um, Interesting. So you, we do that in Google, my business, on my Google, my business page. Yes. Uh, I thought I thought it was an FAQ page I would create on my site. So I'm glad you clarified that. Well, both. Both or, are valuable. Right, because both that are, content is good content yes. also that I could add. And, and it's a good an example of content that I should be refreshing on a regular basis, which will help me with the fresh and relevant content part of it, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, what else? Um, okay, video. Uh, I think we've all probably heard the video is, is, has been the up and coming and is very, very valuable for search engine optimization stuff. Um, video content is 50 times more likely to drive organic search results than plain text is. So the more video that you can have uh, incorporated with your business on your website, even through email, things like that, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. I mean, YouTube loves video and that's mm -hmm. owned by Google. Facebook loves video. A note that we had made back when we did the Facebook episode is that Facebook loves it when you load that video onto Facebook. In other words, even yes. if you've got it on your YouTube channel, don't just do a link to Facebook, but excuse me, to YouTube, but load it naturally or natively rather into Facebook. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and just a quick story on that one, as far as video, this doesn't per se tie into search engine optimization, but um, we in our business have started incorporating video into our proposals about the past six months. And we've seen dramatic results. Um, like, like Henry said, we do websites for companies. So what our normal process had been, somebody reaches out to us, we, ask for a phone call to kind of have a consultation, get some information from them. We put together a proposal. That proposal was simply a PDF document that we emailed to the client and said, hey, here's our information, our pricing. We'll follow up in a few days to, to see if you got any questions. We started doing video proposals now. We'll, so we'll do exactly what we just did, but we go to Loom. Um, it's free service. We create a very short video, one, two, three minutes long max. 
going over the proposal with the client. They get to see our face. It's way more personal. We get to have a conversation with them. It's, it's more personal than on the phone where we're going over the proposal in detail, all this kind of stuff. And then we send that to the client in an email. And they've got a little screenshot. We've even added this, have this little whiteboard where we write the client's name on it and say, hi, Henry. And we're holding that up. So that's the screenshot they see. So they know that it's not an automated email that everybody gets. Yeah, I, I love this. I'm not using it yet, but it's been used on me very effectively. Yeah. And, and it yeah, falls in that category of the text where it's like, I can't resist watching the video or at least exactly. starting it. Yeah, exactly. We've had so many people, we'll send them the email and within an hour, they're on the phone saying, I've never seen anything like that. You got to tell me more. So yeah. it's, it's, it's had amazing results and it's free. I mean, it takes a little bit of time, but yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. Love it. Great tip. All right. What else? Okay. Blogging again, not new. It's been around for years. It's been a long, but, around for a long time, right? It was kind of the first thing that, that we did on the internet. One of the first things. Yeah. But it has so much strength. It's very fundamental in a business providing content. And it's very fundamental in search engine optimization. It's one of the top things that Google looks for. Does your website have a blog? Are you posting periodically? And are you again, valuable content? Are you putting valuable content out there? Um, 55% of marketers say that blog content is in their top inbound marketing priority. So that's, that's a huge statement. 50% of people say that this is, this is one of their top things in inbound marketing. Interesting. Very good. All right. Um, I'm curious about Google reviews. That's one thing that I keep yep. hearing and, and you've told me about is a big component of SEO and going forward. You know, we know, if you've been paying attention and if your business depends on reviews, like a lot of mine do, that Google reviews have, has kind of taken over. Yes. Uh, as far as what people depend on to make a decision on a restaurant to go to or a plumber to call or what have you. So tell me about what you're seeing there with reviews, Google reviews in specific. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, it's, it's a way for you to provide legitimacy, for you to provide valuable content again. 91% of people who shop online uh, read reviews to determine if a local business is a good choice or not. 91%. 91%. You know, it's interesting because what had happened for a while in my observation on the internet is social media had been kind of where everybody was going. What are my friends saying about this? And this is a version of that. But now I think the level of trust right now is pretty high. We'll see how long that lasts with Google reviews, which where maybe other platforms like Yelp, uh, and TripAdvisor lost that a little bit. That doesn't seem to be the case right now. People seem to be trusting Google reviews. Is that what you're seeing? Absolutely. The other stat I have on that is 84% of people trust online reviews as much as a personal recommendation. Yeah, see, that's what's changed so dramatically. And that's really yeah. happened fast in my observation. And, yeah. And in all honesty, Henry, I've, I've looked at that and I've been like, okay, so how, how long is this going to last? People can mm -hmm. fabricate things. Of course. But Google has done an incredible job and it's actually gotten to the point of annoying for a lot of people how stringent they are. Mm -hmm. I'll just give a really quick personal example of this. Uh, we're part of a, a networking group here locally and the networking group decided to try and help each other. There's 50 of us businesses out there. We're trying to help each other get more reviews. Mm. So somebody created a simple website for the group where we can all kind of go, hey, click on this person. That leads to that person's Google reviews. I see. We did it for a week everybody's reviews who went through that website got banned. Wow. Any, any clue as to how they sniffed that out? 
I, the only thing, I mean, again, I was talking with our IT guy and, and he was saying it's most likely because Google recognized that, that all those reviews came from one single website mm. and they'll say, nope, doesn't, doesn't happen. And so, because the, the link, they, they, the same IP is for how you yes. linked out. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, no, they're there. And so that's, you know, credit to them. That's why it's become, and that's why for people like myself who have a restaurant, for example, had grown so frustrated with platforms like Yelp. And so I'm, I'm actually okay. But the key then is, and, and you've got some information on this is how do I get more reviews? I always tell people if, if you only have a few reviews, that's a problem, but that could be because you're new or you haven't focused on it. If you've got a couple of bad reviews, the best solution is to get more good reviews. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just told the same thing to a client yesterday. They're like, I've got seven reviews and one of them is really bad. What do I yeah. do? I was like, you're yeah. never going to get it erased. No, go get more positive reviews. That's right. <laughs> So, so how do you do that? Do you have some tips on that? I think yeah. you have a download on that. Yes, we've got, again, another one of our free downloads, uh, Google reviews. It, there's, we have another checklist. that's how to set up a Google My Business account, which you need to do first. Once you've done that, follow this checklist on setting up Google reviews. It's very simple, straightforward. Um, your, your nephew could do it if you want. Um, get it all set up. And then the important thing is ask. After, and soon after you provide a valuable service to a client or a customer of yours, ask them for a review. Seven out of 10 people say they'll leave a review if they're asked. So ask 10 people, you might get seven reviews. Yeah, yeah, you have to encourage people to give you reviews. Yep. All right, I wanna jump forward to uh, what some of the things that are emerging that you're seeing with website design. So yes. let's talk about that. What are a couple of things you're seeing in website design that you think are not just trending, but really taking hold? Good. Um, so as far as taking hold, again, this is kind of going back a little bit. Uh, one page websites have been and are moving out. This again ties back into what we've been saying the entire podcast, valuable content. Uh, Google wants their searches to be valuable. And so it's hard to provide a lot of relevant content for one page websites. So um, that's where we're saying websites need to be what we, what we do when we design a website is, is a minimal of five pages. You've got mm -hmm. a homepage, you've got a products and services page, uh, contact us and about us page, and then FAQ or something else you want. But you gotta have relevant information out there. Uh, Google prizes websites that provide value. So you know, I think where some of the confusion with this might be coming from Adam and, and as, as including myself is there's been this whole trend, like I use a product called ClickFunnels to build landing pages. Yeah. But a landing page for a specific offer or a product is different than what you're talking about here, which is my informational website, right? Yes. It's, again, there's, there isn't a flat answer for that one. Landing pages definitely have value, especially if they're linked through something like that. Best case scenario would be if it's tied to your existing website. Mm -hmm. if, it's got, if it's got the doom, if you're tied into the same domain. Okay. Um, okay. That's going to be the best case scenario. That makes sense. All right. What else? Um, another thing that we've seen a lot as, as far as definitely up and coming in 2020 is compliance. Now, this is something similar to security issues where Google started cracking down and making sure your website's secure. In the near future, a lot of people are seeing that Google's going to start cracking down on whether your website is compliant or not. For example, ADA compliance, that's the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, they've got, actually, I just uh, read the stat the other day one in five internet users need accommodations to use a website. Hmm. 
for example, if you're uh, hard of sight or hard of hearing or something, you have some other disability, there's very easy ways for most website platforms to make your website more, uh, what's the word, usable to mm -hmm. Americans with disabilities. Um, so what's the impact of this do you think you're going, going to be? Am, am I going to have to completely redesign my website? Is, is, are we talking about uh, for people who are visually impaired, all of that? What, what are you seeing as going to be some of the early impacts of this? Well, so taking a step back again, this is, this is legal issues. Like there's been, there's been lawsuits out there, people who have sued certain businesses for not having closed caption on their YouTube channel mm. or for not having an accessible website and they've won. So that's why it's becoming an issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, it all depends on which website platform that you use. We use one called Duda, which is very user friendly. Uh, we just added um, the ADA compliance to a website today for a client of ours. Costs 50 bucks. It's adding a widget. It's not a whole lot of code involved. Um, and it's putting something, you could actually go to our website, ustas.com, and it's there on the bottom. I see. It's a, um, a thing that pops up and says, it's got a picture of a person in a, or a icon of a person in a wheelchair. You click on it and it says uh, accessibility menu. Do you want them to read the page out loud? Do you want to highlight certain links? Do you want the contrast or the text to be bigger, smaller? Do you want to stop all the animation? Do you want to, there's different options for different levels of disabilities out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I read a lot. Uh, one of the things I read into this, if you, if you next year are going to have a website built, make sure it's built the right way on a platform that can support that. Yeah. Yes. And then you also threw out a little tip there on, on YouTube. I, I, I'd seen that before. There's a checkbox, I believe for it to add uh, captions, right? Yes. Correct. And, and it, it does that automatically. I've never, I've not used that. It does that automatically. It does that automatically if you, if you check it, um, mm -hmm. which anytime, so anytime you add a, one of your uh, YouTube's, anytime you add a business video to your YouTube channel, make sure that that's checked at a bare minimum. Okay. So YouTube does offer that as a free service. If you want it to be accurate, I would mm -hmm. highly recommend going to rev.com, rev.com. And there it's going to be totally accurate. For example, okay. we just tested this with one of our videos not long ago. Uh, the YouTube thing was probably about 85, 90% accurate. So if you're one, if you're, if you don't really care, just have, make sure that's checked. It's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Or rev.com, rev you have to pay for that. Yeah, it's a paid service, but Henry, it's, I think it's based on the length of time, the mm -hmm. length of, uh, the YouTube video. So it's very affordable. Yeah. It's a dollar a minute. Yeah. Okay. So if you have a three minute video, you're going to spend $3 to me. That's way worth it to get something that's accurate. All right, let's move forward because, you know, as typical, you and I can talk about this stuff forever and it's, this has been great content. I know you have a, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Recent, <laughs> a recent success story of a client that you've worked with. And I thought I'd like you to share that because that always gives people something to relate to and it might be similar to a situation that they have or are having. So sh share that yeah. success story with us, if you will. Okay. So whenever we do a website for a client, we always include quarterly reviews. What that means is once your website goes live every quarter, we're going to go over your review, over your website, review it, check all the links, look at all the analytics and the stats for it, and then give you a phone call to say, Hey, your everything checked out on your website. Here's a few recommendations. And here's how many people have been visiting your website, where they're coming from, what they're doing on your website and all that. So we did that uh, this past week for a client of ours. 
they didn't do any search engine optimization with us. So their stats were, I think in the last 90 days, they had about 450 hits on their website, which isn't bad, but definitely could be a lot higher. Sure. Um, the day after that, we did the same thing for another client of ours. Their sites had gone live the exact same day. Hmm. This was a year or so ago. And similar, similar type of um, businesses. Is that fair? Uh, close enough. They okay. weren't identical yeah. in industry, yeah, but, but they were close enough. Similar, yeah. Yeah. So same thing. Went over their website, everything checked out good, looked at their 90-day stats. This person had 11,000 visitors hmm. on their website as compared to 450. So again, the, it's not- The difference being you, you had done SEO work for them. Yes, I'm sorry. We had done SEO work for them for the last nine, nine to 12 months, I think it was. And so that's a dramatic increase. Dramatic, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's needle in a haystack versus, you know, getting found, right? I mean, yeah. this discovery, we think sometimes we put up a website and everybody will see that, but it doesn't work yeah. that way. No, unfortunately not. There's so much out there. There's so much out there, yeah. Great, good. Well, thanks for sharing that example. That, that's interesting. And, and so again, it drives home as we're in this episode trying to talk about what we've seen emerge this past year and where we see things going. If you have a website, but you haven't done a lot of SEO work or you don't even know what that means, it's time to get yourself educated on that from a business perspective. And then either you know turning to your IT people or whoever provides you that service today or hiring somebody like Gusta's Put some budget aside for next year to get this done so that people find you online. Yep. And related to that, you've got a couple of promotions for our listeners like you always do. So tell us about that. Okay. Um, as far as websites, what we had normally been doing uh, up until about a month ago was custom websites, uh, the whole nine yards, the whole package. Uh, we realized that a lot of small business owners couldn't afford that, even though our prices were significantly more affordable than most custom websites. So about a month and a half, two months ago, we rolled out what we're calling our hybrid website. I love the name. And what it means is we're calling it hybrid because it's the perfect combination of template and custom design. So what, what you do is, this is, this is the perfect website for the small business owner on a bit of a tighter budget, especially if you already have an existing website. It's old, it's outdated, it's not a lot of the things that we were just talking about, or you're starting from scratch. Um, this is, uh, we're starting with a template. We've got a hundred plus different templates that are very well designed. You'll love them when you see them. You get to pick which one you like. We take your existing content. That's why it works good. It's, it's better if you have something content already there, like an existing mm -hmm. website or something like that. We take your existing content, your text, your photos, we plug it into this template. We spend a few hours manipulating the template and working it, working it to its, massaging it to its you, uh, and then going from there. Uh, and it's only $27 a month for hosting. So that normal price is $9.97, one-time design fee. For everybody, we're dropping it down through the end of the year to $8.97. And we're willing to take off another $100 off of that for the How a Business listeners, dropping it down to a one-time design fee of $797 through the end of the year. All right. That's, that's a great offer. I'm going to beat you up on one thing, though, because I didn't let you in on the fact that this episode... It doesn't air <laughs> until December 31st. So can Why? we have it extended through the end of January? That's a piece of cake. Let's do that. Okay. So you're listening to this. this it's December 31st, I think, when we're going to be releasing this episode. So he's going to extend that offer through the end of January. This is the perfect opportunity. If you don't have a website or you're, or you're like Adam said, 
you have a website that you know is not performing, this is a great opportunity to get started with a great website that'll really get your business started in the right direction for 2020. So take advantage of that. Yep. All right. Thanks for that offer, Adam. That's great. Um, books. I'm always looking for book recommendation and I don't, I mean, maybe back in the first episode we did together, I may have asked you, but is there a book you've read recently or that comes to mind that you would recommend? Yeah, I'm going to be old school in this. I know that you said in a recent email that your two most recommended books were E-Myth and Built to Sell. And those are. are my two favorite books. So really? I just reread E-Myth, revisited again, re-highlighted it again, because there's so <laughs> much valuable content in it's there. It's amazing, yeah. And Built to Sell is a book that I've been hearing about nonstop for the last year. And I finally actually just bought it today because I'm like, I just need to read this book. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah, I finished so. it, uh, I guess, last month. So I just recently read it. it it's it's uh, really, if I had to summarize it, kind of the same idea as the e-myth, except for that it's really about building a business that you can sell. But it's this, the, the thing that it has in common is that whole concept of working on your business as opposed to in your business. But yeah, Built to Sell is, is a good read as well. So thanks for those recommendations. We'll have yep. links to those on the show notes page with this for this episode as well as all of the tools that we've talked about that Adam has mentioned, links to the downloads, all of the third-party tools. I'll have all of that on the show notes page at thehowabusiness.com. So you can find that there. All right, tell us again, Adam. Well, actually, before we do that, I want to summarize, as I always do. What's one thing that you want us to take away from this conversation we've had about you know, what, what's been trending, what, what has happened this year, and what to focus on going forward into 2020 as it relates to online marketing? That's a good question. I think the big takeaway I would want everybody to have is just the word value. Um, your customers are looking for you to provide value as a business. Uh, Google is looking for you to provide value to your clients. So the more relevant valuable content that you can put out there for your business, the better off you're going to be. And which, whichever avenue that looks through, whether that be through blogging, video, social media, search engine, whatever it is, make sure that it's not cheap, uh, stereotypical content, that it's actually value, valuable and providing relevancy to your readers. Yeah, that's the word I wrote down for my key takeaway is that that value, as long as you're delivering value through a text, through an email on your website, that's what it's all about. And that's what Google has gotten really, really good at making, yeah. identifying and, and rewarding. Yep. Yep. Um, and then on what we just ended here, if you don't have a website now, which again, you know, the stats are, in my opinion, ridiculous of how many small business owners don't have a basic informational website. You got to do that. So there's a great offer here that Adam's offering through the end of January. Take advantage of that offer. Or if you've got somebody else, the point is to get a website up and running that provides all of these things that we talked about uh, so that you can be found online. Tell us where you want us to go again to find out more about Ustas. Um, obviously your show notes page, or you can go to ustas.com slash how, and we've got info on the promo there and, and you can find all of our free resources and everything there. That's O-O-S-T-A-S.com slash how. Wonderful. Thanks. Adam, another great conversation. We could talk about this stuff for hours. Thanks again for coming back on the show, 
sharing all this knowledge. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Henry. It's my pleasure. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today again was Adam Kirk with Ustas. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. And as we were talking about in this episode, you can also just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996, and I'll send you a text with the link to the show notes pages. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.